Hey Bears fans, welcome back to the end of season special. It's not the last episode, it's just the season's over. It's August, it's on a pair, it's three friends talking about the game they love, the team they follow, and all the dead rubbers that seem to go with it. <laughs> As always, I'm with me two good friends to help me make sense of what we've just seen. Peter de Sonberg, how are you my friend? I'm awesome mate, thank you, how are you? You're awesome? Yeah. I like that, how come you're awesome Pete? Oh, I've had a bank holiday, didn't it? Day off. Saw you today. Sorry for blanking you this morning. No biggie, no worries. I was having brunch with the wife. His wife and him was walking through Worcester. Pete! Pete! I did a wolf whistle. <laughs> I shouted Pete. Shouted Joe. Shouted Pete again. A bit like Partridge going, damn! And I had to get up off my seat, run at them and go, I'm over here! And went, oh, oh, I didn't see you. That they is rude did. and disrespectful. Yeah. Anyway, Pete, you're awesome. I am. I, I love the positive energy. Um, Daryl Butler, are you awesome, I sir? I am awesome squared. You're awesome squared. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to ask you to show your working maths, no. boy, but life's good. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, not too aching a bit. Too too much batting yesterday. Okay, come on. Thanks you're, for you're, asking. You're, you're <laughs> aching to tell us about the million squillion runs you scored. Uh, 18. Um, I'm aching to tell you about the, uh, the run-out opportunity that our opponents missed on me. Left me stranded in the middle of the... The wicket. So uh, I've, I've aged one. It's gone. It's bounced just before slip, and then he's fumbled it. It's gone through his hands. The non-striker's called me through for the single. I've looked up halfway down the wicket. He hasn't moved. And then he sent me back. <laughs> so I've called him a rude word. Right. Stood there in the middle of the wicket whilst they're lobbing the ball into the uh, the keeper to run me out, who's then missed it. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so then I've started scampering back. The um. Bowler who's in line with me in his follow through, instead of just running with the ball to the stumps, actually has a, another shot at the stumps from about three <laughs> yards away and right. misses as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've then dived in for no reason whatsoever. Pads come off, gloves have gone flying, yeah. made a complete prat of myself. Little did I realize the ball's gone over the keeper's head after the shot at the stumps and hit his helmet, so we ended up with five runs for it. <laughs> so you got, you got five runs for being completely. That is. is was it, it was filmed? Because that is proper oh, village. I wish cricket. it had been. It was brilliant. It was, yeah, village moment of the century, I think. Well, I mean, the most profitable nonsense in the history of yeah, running between absolutely. the wicket. Stranded in the middle, have yourself five. Should have been run out <laughs> twice. I'd love to have seen that. I've got lots of grazes for proof. Uh, I also can picture Daz having a right strop in the middle of the wicket. <laughs> yeah. 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 Guys! Oh my god. Oh, I you mean... blank. And then I stopped, turned around, started walking back to the pavilion, and realised they'd made a complete hash of it as well. <laughs> then hit the ball thud into the helmet. Oh, I fought for that, please. It sounds to me like there's just a lot of helmets going oh, on. Oh, it was lovely. It was anyway, um, the longest run five in the history of the universe. <laughs> Daryl Butler, well done, son. We'll get onto your cricketing career a little bit further on, actually, because you've got some milestone newsage. Yes. But we'll deal with that in a bit. Let's do some proper news, because it's about that time. Right, let's start with the um, high-performance review. I don't know what that is. I do. It's a good job Pete's here, because I knew Pete knew this. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, my enthusiasm for cricket has waned a little bit this month, for obvious reasons. So Pete, as always, can do the admin-based heavy lifting. Right, what's going on, Pete? Okay. We, don't, we don't want it word for word, by the way, Pete. Just oh, no, I'm going to go through all 37 pages right now, and that's the end of episode. We're just it, going to it, leave it there. will still be shorter than Daz's <laughs> anecdote about getting almost run out. No, I shall keep it brief, as brief as possible. So this is the review led by Sir Andrew Strauss. Uh, and it's trying to deliver, quote, sustained success for the men's side. So it's only focusing on men's cricket. 
Um, and in sports intelligence agency has put together a nice document full of graphs and charts all over that. Loved it. I bet you were all over I that in all kinds of ways. Uh, very much so. Um, and I have to say, it's not all doom and gloom. It's uh, I think it's a good report. And it's, it's well balanced and it does talk openly about respecting the game's traditions and it's not sort of seeking to reduce the number of first-class counties. So everybody breathe a sigh of relief for that. Okay, does it involve in any way, shape or form playing more than eight days of cricket over a six-week period <laughs> in the point where all of the kids are off school? Um, well, I will go through the, the key positives that I can see. Um, firstly, it talks about a reintroduction to a proper England pathway, so bringing back under-17s England cricket. Uh, making better use of under-19s, and actually making use of the Lions side. Who knew that would be a positive? Um, so that's a good thing. It does talk about fewer days of cricket with a better narrative to the season. Uh, one of the suggestions that I think has been put forward is moving the 50-over competition to the start of the year because um, one of the things they've highlighted is that all the best Red Bull cricketers in the country don't play in the 100. So why can't you have more Red Bull cricket going on when the best white ball players, who will be the ones that go on to play for England in those competitions, um, have them going on at the same time. So uh, it's basically talking about less dead rubbers, less group games, more knockout competitions, more performance-led. So the uh, idea cricket. is that when when um, when the dreadful 100 competition, which is eating cricket, is on in August, you can also have county championship games because there'll be enough red ball cricketers to yep. play. Because, look, it was nonsense. I mean, I feel sorry for Somerset in the Royal London. They had 16 players unavailable. Yeah. And they got hammered yep. every game. I mean, yep. 16 players. So, I mean, it's great blooding youngsters, but unless they're playing with proper grown-ups, what is point? Absolutely. Okay. All so, right. uh, yeah, some good stuff there. They've mentioned the fact about transfers and rewarding development. That's been mentioned as a possible uh, introduction. And, yeah, there's loads of stuff in there. I'd urge people to give it a read. It is quite interesting. The downside to all of this is it's now in the hands of the ECB and what they want to put forward. So, as we know, good data, good stats can often be misused by those who have got ulterior motives. So we wait and see what the outcome is. But there's going to be no immediate changes. It's up for a consultation all of next year. So we're going to see pretty much a, a rollover of this season and watch this space. But not all doom and gloom at this stage. Well, uh, what do they say about the dead rubbers? You mentioned um, trying to reduce the number of dead rubbers in game, and that's one thing that really winds me up is that, like the pool system, particularly in the fifty over, and actually the T Twenty now as well. You know, you lose your first four games like we've done in both competitions. The rest of the season is friendly matches, isn't it? Are, yeah. are they going to look at some sort of league structure, a promotion and relegation type thing? or They haven't gone into specifics. Groups? It's very much worded in a woolly, strategic okay, right. sort of way. So, we'll um, so we've got to wait and see on the specifics. But I think we could all get behind a, a better narrative for the domestic season where there's some sort of crescendo and it all builds up to a finale. I think we could all get yeah. on board with that as a concept. So Yeah. And yeah. I, I, do you know what I'd say is that although the um, Royal London One Day Cup campaign has been as disappointing really as the the t20 one crowds have been good mainly because it's august and it means that you can take the kids to the cricket it's great but there you know there is still that despite the fact we've been poor this year and we'll get onto all the playing stuff later as briefly as we can that there is still very much an appetite to watch cricket even if we're if we're honest we've not been competitive just one more thing that made me chuckle it acknowledges in the report that some of the best performing vitality blast players this year did not end up with 100 contracts and that's bad. I mean, obviously, you know, these players are meant to be getting into the England T20 side, 50 yeah. over side, smashed it for their counties, didn't get a franchise contract, which is supposed to be the best of the best. So it's acknowledged that as a failing um, and that that might see an expansion of the hundreds to extra teams. But so that's the downside. Well, but, I mean, but it makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, you may as well have... I, I wish that the 100 had a cap on player availability. It's a cabal, man, because there are 22 players in some of the squads for the 100, and most of them, like, half of them don't play. Yep. So yep. you're taking out all of this talent. I mean, the huge amount of talents. There's 40, 50, 60 players every week who aren't getting anywhere near playing in the 100, and they're also not playing any cricket because they're not playing Royal London because the rules are... Even if you aren't selected to play, you can't go back to your county. So yeah, it's nonsense. How many I, I, of those Somerset players? So you 16 as, players missing. Yeah. How many of them were actually probably only eight of them playing with her? So you may as well have a few <clears> more teams. And at the World Cup, you take 14, 15 players. <clears> That's it for a World it, Cup, yeah. the yeah. biggest tournament in the world. So why not say, right, you've got 15 players. Yeah, and if absolutely. you want, have a reserve. You can have a reserve of half a dozen players for injuries and stuff. You can call up the counties. Who you can yeah. call up based on injury but otherwise can play for their county. Because there's yeah. no benefit at all in having this brilliant 100 competition if over half the players who have signed up to it aren't playing any cricket Absolutely. all month. If How not, is that if, better? If, if they're not playing cricket, if they're playing a 100 game on a Thursday, why can't they play for Worcestershire or whichever other county on the day before, on a Wednesday? If, if I mean, if they're a squad player. Yeah. They, they yeah. schedule all this cricket at front and centre, days after days after days, no breaks at all, and then they're saying, well, you can't go back to your county for a game, a 50-over game, a day before a 100-game. A but they, but they, they, the whole it point... It doesn't make sense. It, may, it, it, it sort of chimes in the idea that we will take all of the best players and then some of the kind of above-average players. Yeah. The only reason that you take more than you need and not play them is to discredit the other lot. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I feel like's happening. They don't need to do that. They just want to because well, it's it's better if that there's a, if the standard of county cricket in the, in the Royal London One Day Cup is rubbish, and they hope that no one turns up and it satisfies their need in a similar sort of let's privatise the NHS by desperately underfunding it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, all of this has been referenced, so we wait and see on the outcome. It does ask for an open mind from all supporters and counties and everything else. It does ask you to yeah, to do look, that. So, look, we'll... man, last year with the hundred, we were we were kind of like, yeah, we'll partake. This year, it's made me angry, if I'm honest. And I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to be proven to be a cynical so and so. But demonstrate your goodwill towards county cricket by playing it in August, by giving kids the opportunity to come and watch it when they're not at school, and yeah. by playing it at the weekend, which they just refuse to do. And on top of that, they take the best players and then unnecessarily take another tranche of players that are never going to play. So prove to me that you're not abusing us. <laughs> Just prove it, and then we can have a chat. Anyway, um, should we move on? Yeah. Angry Jim. I'm loving Angry Jim today. Angry Jim. Um, I, man, I care. Right, so let's go for... We don't normally do this in August, but it's been busy. Ins and outs. I know, right? So we've made some signings. Um, Pete, mate, you're, like, you're sort of like... Chief Operating Officer of News right now. So we, <laughs> some ins and some outs. Talk to us. Well, let's go with the ins. Uh, we've signed Matt Waite permanently. So we've added to our right-hand fast-medium bank of talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were running a little low, weren't we? Yeah. To be fair. We, we're we, gonna, we're we, only, 15. we only had Finch, Pennington, Leach, Morris, Josh Dung, who's come back into fitness, uh, Stanley. So that was it, wasn't it? Am I missing anybody? I mean, we might do. I mean, yeah. Gibbon's a left armour, but there we are. So we were really short of medium-fast bowlers, so I'm glad that we've signed Matt Wade. He's, he's a good cricketer. He, he's... Yeah, he's been in really good form in the one-day cup, um, taking a lot of wickets for Yorkshire. Um, yeah, good to have him. I mean, I think, like we said, 
there isn't a lot. It's not going to be a like for like for Barnard. There isn't such a thing. If there was, we'd have pulled them out of the cupboard already. I think was your your statement. So I think we're going to see replacement for Barnards in multiple players. Some stepping up into new roles some new development and recruitment. So, um, yeah. Yeah, um, Matt, it doesn't look like Matt Waite is a number six bat, which to me, look, I, I was impressed with him when he when he basically came in as a like-for-like like for Leach. I was really impressed with him. The, the tricky bit with it, it's always good to have more talented cricketers, and I think that he has real promise, and I think he has talent, and he showed it here. But the thing is, is that when does he play? Yeah, Here's the tricky the bit, is that... Who are you leaving out for him? Because he's not batting at six. Or if that's the plan to bat him at six, we'll get to the other signing, which I think is a cracking bit of business for our white ball side, is that if Hose is coming here to play more red ball cricket, a la Pollock, and that was one of the big selling points, really, is that you can have a crack at red ball, he's probably going to bat at six, right? Yeah. If he yeah. plays. Yeah. And with Cash coming through and Haynes and Dolavera, and then you've got Cox and um, Roderick figuring out who you're going to be batting... I don't see where he fits in. I don't see how he plays. No, well, so he, he came in. He was a reserve for uh, for Leach, wasn't he? So, so to that's me, the he's, only position he's a, I can yeah. See him batting at eight, but so you basically he's an injury replacement for Leach. Yeah, maybe they well, have better. Maybe he's a much better batsman than re he realize we realize, and he's going to bat at six, but he hasn't really proved it. No. And um, when you've got Haynes and Cash and Dolavera, who knows how they're going to structure it? But good cricketer. So technically a good signing, but with our seven I, other seven other right arm, yeah, well, fast I, medium bowlers. I think we've got seven similar players who are, from what I can see, a little bit better at the moment. I can so. see him playing given his age and his I say experience. He's not that experienced at Yorkshire, is he? But I can see him playing given his age. Um, I fear a little bit for people like Finch. I think Finch has really got to start punching through and showing us what he's capable of. There's real glimpses of really good player in there. And Richardson, there was a quote, wasn't there, about him believing in himself more and showing that confidence. So I can see players like Finch and Gibbon again having more of a bit part role. And you'll see Leach, Pennington, wait as the, the main scene's um, tongue. I tell you what, I mean, there's real strength in depth there. It's asking players to step up because what we've seen from Leach leads that attack. I think Stanley, Stanley's a player. Gibbon has done, had a really good season, I think. Pennington in, in fits and starts, in flashes, has been excellent. At other times, has been a bit disappointing, I think. Yeah. So there is now this group of young players. And Josh Tung coming back, and we talked about this at the start of the season, that you felt like Leach and Pennington and Tung are your, are your three best fast bowlers. I didn't know he was only 24. Yeah, you told me that the other day. I couldn't believe Josh yeah. Tong's yeah, only yeah. twenty-four. So it's now perform, or you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No. You know? Other thing to bear in mind, you know, Leach continues to be a really, really solid performer for us. But he's into his was he thirty-two, thirty-three, fast bowler, had injuries, had troubles in the past. So you're not going to get a sustained career out of Joe Leach. No, you true. start to think so. Half an eye on that as well, potentially in terms of longer-term replacement. But obviously, we're not. Don't wish Leach to go anywhere for a while because he continues to take bucket loads of wickets. Anyway, the other one you've mentioned already, Adam Hose. Warwick should get Mo and Barnard and we nick their best white ball player off them. I think it's a really cracking signing. I think, you know, we, we talked about... Um, oh, Joe Leach is 31, by the way. I just did a quick googs. Oh, sorry, um, Joe Leach. A quick googs. Right. Quick googs. <laughs> um, but no, he's not 31 for long, so we're about right. He's um he's got more pedigree and he has done more in white ball cricket than Pollock and we felt like Pollock was a good signing 
we you know we we caution that with you know manage expectations and in some ways i think he has been a success in other ways it's not gone quite so well but that we kind of expected how that would play out hose i mean he's playing in the 100 uh and that normally is an indication that you're taken seriously i feel like he's more of a banker i i feel yeah. like that's yeah. a that's a good signing and with with Haynes and with Cash and with Dolly and with Hose, you f- you feel more secure. Admittedly, I, I, I felt good about our white ball batting lineup this year and it didn't pan out. Yeah. But I think H- I think Hones gets us uh, Hones H- Hose gets us big runs next year in the white ball cricket. And jurors out on whether he'll be a success in red ball. I think it'll be a bit like sort of Ed Pollock, where you come to a second division team and, and you'll have a bit more of a crack at it. And uh, but the reality is that we can offer that. Yeah, absolutely. we can offer that. If you feel like you've been overlooked in red ball cricket because they've got because bigger counties have got a, a more varied squad and can afford that kind of luxury, yeah. we say, look, we'll give you a shot. If you want to make it as red ball cricketer, we're going to give you a chance, uh, and we'll play you. You've got to earn it. That seems to be our mo at the moment: is find these talented players that can play one form, and we'll say we'll give you a shot at give another. Because we've seen other. with Jake Libby in fifty over cricket as a white ball player, he didn't do anything. He's become a really good 50-over cricketer. If he's playing T20s, I think something's gone wrong and we've got injuries, but he's shown himself to be a really effective 50-over and limited-overs cricketer, and he's had that opportunity Mm. and that responsibility. So I think think it's a really great signing. I think it's a really good signing, and I think it's relatively low risk. I agree, yeah. And that, that, you know, as you say, that's the market we're in. So, um, yeah, really surprised us. Well done to the club as well for a great little tease of a signing on Twitter with the hand yeah, and the contract. Man. Really, look, that sort of thing is ace. We've been, since the start of this podcast, we've been pushing a little bit for better communication and a bit more swagger and a bit more confidence. The, the, we've mentioned it before, the social media stuff. When things were a bit rubbish at the start of the season on the field, we said, look, there's plenty of reason to feel OK about the club too. And I think that's important because it's so easy to lose sight of what's going on when you get a bit of a hammering uh, in the first team. And I think the the way that they've gone about that is a little confident, man. It was a little bit cocky as it well, was. wasn't I it? Liked and it. I, yeah. And I like that. Um, so yeah, cool, man. And then um, yeah, in terms of outgoings, uh, Tom Fell is being released at the end of the season. I don't think any of us are surprised by that, given that he hasn't featured this year. Um, Banton is uh, has been released, which I think we're all a little bit surprised by, but I don't think he's done much in the seconds this year. Um, and Ollie Davidson coming through as well played really well um, in that that final game. Um, and there's one more. Who have I missed? Uh, Josh Dell. 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 That surprised me because he was only given a one-year extension last year, but sadly, thumb injury hasn't featured this year. We're not going to see Dallin Rodders together either again now. That makes me sad. <laughs> da, da, Del, Del <laughs> Boy and Rodders. Rodders. Maybe that's oh. why they've done it. Del uh, Boy and Rodders. Oh, mate. But I, I mean, think with, with Dell, isn't he 25, 26? I don't know whether you can do a... Was it Googs? You do a Googs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just invented Googs. Get the Googs out. I felt good about that. Um, anyway. So, yeah. I mean, it hasn't worked out for him, which is a shame, but... It, it is what it is. It's competitive sport, and it's top-end competitive sport. I mean, Tom Fell, really good cricketer, and with the illness and everything else, and it just it just never quite clicked for him in the past couple of years. Same with Dell, showed promise. He played plenty of like Royal London One Day Cup, but I think kind of the good, one of the strengths we've seen, particularly in red ball cricket, is that the middle order is decent, or at least yeah. has we've shown calibre. So if you want to displace a Dolavira, you better score runs, and you be, if you're going to take a ch- you get a chance, you better take it, which is what Cash did. Well, it and if, a- if you're not fit to be selected. It's kind of tough, yeah, unlucky, you know. Yeah. Fell's a real shame because I think you know we can't shy away from the fact that that Fell post illness is not quite the same player as Fell 
before yeah. illness. And, and it's great to see him come back. And, and I don't know whether they want to set up your line for you, Daz, but certainly we wish him all the best for the future. Oh, they are yeah. too late. But yeah, real shame because he was a, a good player for us before he sadly had to take time out. Yep, real promise. Um, but um, them's the breaks in um, high-end professional sport. So right, we ne- next news item, Jim. Bring it on. Come on, I'm ready. I, I think that's it, isn't it? There is a massive bit of news which you've you've missed. Rest- restructuring. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of. That, Jim, I mean, got it written Jim, down. Have a look at that piece of paper. He's got it written right down. I mean, we waited as long as possible to record this pod, basically, because I just couldn't... I was just trying to muster up the enthusiasm to go through (laughs) another podcast of we've been rubbish on the field. And that's okay. That's all right. It's no guaranteed thing in sport. If you want a guaranteed outcome, go to the theatre, and I'm okay with that. So I may have have been off the boil a little bit today. That's okay. So restructuring, yeah. Firstly, uh, Paul Pridgen's retired. Well, he's... It's a funny one, Paul Bridge, isn't it? Because he's already retired. Because from what I got with the interview with Fanos was that he's basically been working for us... For free. For free. Yeah. And he's been in charge of player recruitment, which is absolute... I mean, it's a shamble. In fact, Tatty Circus is what that is. <laughs> that is ridiculous. So, Pridgen is retiring again. Kevin Sharp is retiring. Although he did say the other day he'll be back to do some part-time coaching in the winter with the academy. And we are getting a director of cricket. So, administrative reshuffle slash restructure. Yeah. I mean, the whole notion was that when they said, look, we're not going to do anything yet, we'll wait till the end of the season, we'll reassess, we've still got goals, there are things we can still achieve, and it came very quickly after that, a couple of weeks, it was like, well, okay, we're, we're, we're not going to do anything in the 50 over, we've done nothing in the T20, we've been all right in the red ball, we've been really competitive, and it's been an interesting, and I think good fun season with the red ball, but ultimately, what is it, two wins per competition. Mm-hmm. There's a couple more red ballers to go, but two wins per competition. It ain't great. And they said they were going to be. They said heads heads will roll, wouldn't they? Yeah. But actually, it's just been. It's time time to move on. I'm I'm all we- for it. I think a simplified structure. We talked about the steering group being this sort of strange unknown being, and I think you know Gidman as as head coach and then reporting to a director of cricket is a lot more of a simpler process. To kind of cap off the discussion we had last time, I think with those changes that have been announced, I'm all for now just waiting to see what happens next season. So I know some fans are still calling for blood, but I think you know we've got a change, a real significant change happening at the top. So let's see what, what that brings at the start of next season and then go from there. Admittedly, the past couple of years have not been very good. And admittedly, it's been difficult to ascertain exactly how and for why, which is what has been frustrating us. But also, I think it must it's important to acknowledge the fact that although things have not been good for the past two, two and a half years, is that um, both Pridgen and Sharp have been part of, um, at times, a really successful cricket club and at times a really su- successful cricket side yeah. and have played a significant part in that. Um, so it's absolutely worth their acknowledgement. It's, it's a shame, really, that it had to come to this slightly woolly and slightly dysfunctional end yeah, in that kind of way because you feel like they're kind of quietly retiring and, and then shuffling off, which is probably what they need because the, the amount of bile and vitriol that's been thrown at the club has been pretty unpleasant, really. But they have achieved some really impressive things with what is a small yeah, cricket I mean, club in Sharp, comparison to the neighbours, you know, the, the noisy lot up the road. Sharp was head coach, wasn't he, when we picked up the T20 yeah, title? Yeah, so yeah. Um, we'll forever be thankful for him to that. Uh, key question for either of you two going for it? I mean, I don't think you need coaching badges, which might mess it up, but either are you sticking an application in? I mean, if I'm desperately underqualified, unless Daz is going for the catering role, I don't think, yeah. there's, a, I don't think there's a job at the club for <laughs> I, us. I'm actually banned from catering roles uh, due to 
previous misdemeanors. So I, I think I'll just sit out of this. Have one, you been Jim. going yeah. to the old one one for me? Are you, one for the players? No, no, not one, one for me. Yeah, <laughs> more, you, way more than one for me. <laughs> what are you hoping for? Sort of like a club masseuse kind of role? Is that yeah, what you're going? Good, yeah, is that what yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. for? <laughs> um, anyway, less of that and more of this. It's sometimes incoherent, but generally quite brilliant. Daryl's worst to watch. Worcestershire Women's Rapids in action as we speak. A yes, live update are. from Pete de Somburg. <laughs> well, they are absolutely smashing it. <laughs> Cricket Wales batted first, 99 all out off 35 overs. Worcestershire are 43 for no wicket off 14. Nothing can go wrong from there. <laughs> it's the third game of the West Midlands Oh, hold Cup. on, sorry. Oh, yeah, hold on, Pete. <laughs> You've done it. Yeah. What have I done? What is wrong with your voice? In fact, before you answer that question, Jim, have you got a clip you can play? Well, the thing is, Daz, we're a little bit concerned about how much time you're spending with unicorns because, um, you know, it's a Birmingham club and that's fine. We don't mind you crossing the border into enemy territory to improve your game. But you've turned into a brummy, my friend. This was you in the last pod. Because I was down there for the two games he commentated and I could... I was like, <laughs> it's a it's England game. That's more young. Yeah, for about 20 quid, those England games. I just... Because is... I was down there for the two games he commentated, and I could, I was like, "Hell yes, England games," and they're selling for about twenty quid. Those little do... radio things you put in your ear. What's you know the, going on yeah, there? Do, do you know the worst bit is though? It, it, people in Birmingham have started saying to me, um, "You've got a bit of a Worcestershire tinge to your accent." <laughs> oh, so I think I've gone too far the other way now. Try it again. What were we saying? I can't remember. Worcestershire watch, mate. Women's Rapids are action, beating yeah. Wales, and then you started being a Brummie again. I said nothing can go wrong from here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the women's Rapids. Well, I mean, they, they caned Warwickshire, didn't they? Yeah, they came my lot, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah well, they beat, uh, they beat Staffordshire. Chloe Hill, 78. Flora Bursell, 5 for 31. That gives us a 34-run win over Staffordshire. Then we thrashed Warwickshire, as you pointed out, Jim. 177-run uh, stand between uh, Millie Home and Claire Boycott to oh, set up an eight-wicket win in that one. Friend of the show. 205 was... in 33 overs. And can we give some acknowledgement, please, to Chloe Hill for a superb bit of wicket-keeping? Yes, you can. Because it was it was brilliant. I believe it was Flora Bertwistle again. Uh, a bit flatter. Chloe Hill quickly, outside off stump, took the ball, whipped the bails off, did not appeal to the umpire, jumped 90 degrees and basically said to the umpire, give that out now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it I mean, was awesome. Stern, but fair. And then I like that, the old, uh, yeah, don't even look at the umpire, just go down and celebrate first. A bit like when Broad gets an out of the WWE likes. Yeah. Well, yeah. When he gets out of the WWE, he doesn't like he does that, yeah. doesn't he? Actually. He doesn't care, does he? And that yeah. partnership between Boycott and, and Home was superb. There was... Uh, some really, really nice shots through the offside. Oh, the love them two to have got zoned by ten wickets. That'd have been, uh, yes, that'd have been it was. One, it was well on, wasn't it? But yeah, but, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, about fifteen overs to spare and eight, eight wickets in hand. Lovely job. We're glad. Yeah. We're just glad they're here. They've been. I mean, they have been <laughs> superb. <laughs> it's been. Do you know what the the women? It's just been a highlight reel all season, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So actually, the game today is the top two in the table now. So they're the two teams that have won both the first two games. So when we secure this win. He's yep. giving me daggers now. Nope, know. nope, we're, we're on. I'll let you know if it changes. <laughs> then uh, that'll put us top of the table, so that'll be good. Second 11, not a lot going on. They're back in action on Bank Holiday Monday, the 29th. That's down in Gloucester, so uh, we'll have an update on that next time. And the Central Sparks, they return to New Road in September. So there's two games for them at New Road on the 9th and the 17th. Ooh. Looking forward to that. Yeah, nice. Excellent Are you going? Stuff. I'll go to, I think the 9th will probably be the one I can get to. 
Which what? is the other one? The 17th. Jim, do you want to go on the 17th? <laughs> no, it won't be the, it'll be the way around. No, the 9th I can't go to. Uh, Jim, do you want to go on the 9th? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I could do the 9th, mate, but not yeah. the 17th. Are you good for the 9th? Yeah. yeah. Is that what's your watch? That's what's your watch, yeah. I've, I think you've uh, you've missed 100, mate. I couldn't give a toss about the 100. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Neither could I. Um, yeah, they're, they're, our players haven't been involved in many uh, games, just to do it, <laughs> just to make it relatable for That's you. Right, yeah. Um, sadly, <laughs> Haynes has played once for the Invincibles and they batted him down at eight, which I was furious about. How how Tom Curran comes in ahead of Jack Haynes, I'm I'm not sold. Again, you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but no, 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 you're not wrong. I think it's like all you're doing in that instance because they were chasing, weren't they? Yeah. So all you're doing is reducing his chance to succeed. Mm. So if you're going to play him, play him at three or four where he normally plays and see if he's any good. Don't keep going, well, we'll chuck him in front of you, we'll chuck him in front of you, and and then bat him at eight, because that basically says we're probably going to lose and we don't trust you. What's the point? What, there's absolutely no... You're better off just not playing him. Yep, very much so. Um, Dolly hasn't played for the Phoenix, unfortunately. Uh, Mo has, but I've not really been keeping track of him because I don't class him as a Worcestershire player anymore. Hooray! Um, and... Pat Brown has bowled five balls. He played one game the other day, so uh, didn't, didn't five do balls. five balls. Wow. Five grand total of what five was, balls. What was his contract? Was he fit with a 15 grander? I don't know. Don't know about that side of it. The well, player that has played... Three I, grand per ball. ...that I do want to talk about, though, is Mitchell Stanley. We've mentioned him already today. Clocked at 92 mile an hour. Yeah. I mean, he's gone for a few, which we'd expect, because he. but well, when, he's, when he finds that line and he really gets into his stride... Yeah. Um, and quite rightly, a lot of people are, are saying a lot of good things about him, and it's great to have him on our books. And to be fair, the commentators have acknowledged that he's come from Worcestershire. I've heard some hundred commentators say things like, "Sorry, commentators," <laughs> say things like, um, "That's yats, yam yam." Not say really. say yeah. things like, "The Manchester Originals have developed him." Well, they've only been in existence for two years, so I don't see how they've done that. <laughs> yeah, they've developed um, him. But no, we did we did get a good acknowledgement that he was a Worcestershire player. So yeah, really good to see him running in at, at pace. And I would I would love a bit of Gibbon and Stanley in the first team next year and just play them every week. Just play them. I I really like them. I like them both. Play them and let the rest of them fight it out in a battle royale. Yeah, for a for a starting <laughs> spot. And, and yeah, man, what a find! He's a Redditch lad, isn't he? Well, good on the club. So, yeah, really good. The women's 100, um, there's not much as much to say about that because it started late because of the Commonwealth Games. So, they've only just really started. I think they're only three or four games in. So, there we go. Done. <laughs> an, Bosh. Or, an audible high five. Yeah. I'm surprised it took us this long to high five <laughs> in a recording. But that look, that's cool. I'm all right with that. So, I suppose then we should probably get to the actual cricket what's happened if we can remember it, we haven't done a pod in like six weeks. Oh, it's been ages, isn't it? Seven weeks. Middle of July, wasn't it? That's it's my yeah. It's my fault. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a right grumpy sod. I'll get over it. It's right. All right. Um, we love you, Jim. Appreciate you, man. I mean, everyone's been turning off. Jim's going on another rant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, he's, don't wind him up. Don't wind him up. Don't okay. mention a hundred. I mentioned it once. I think I got away with it. So we decided to wait till the end of the Royal London One Day Cup. I keep doing all the, the branding. Just the one day cut. <laughs> I always yeah, put the roll up. They've done the very Royal well London. in. They've done very well in getting that in, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you know the FA Cup in football. Yeah, you know, everyone calls it the FA Cup. No one calls it by the sponsorship name. No, nope. but the lesser cup, the League Cup, it's always been the Milk Cup, the Coca Cola, the, the Rumbelows. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I That's, hear you. Right. Anyway, to sorry. the um, to the 
one day cup. Sponsored by Royal London. <laughs> <laughs> and we That's kind of, like, we kind like of waited New Road, Black Finch, wasn't it, for a season? Yeah. Black Finch, New Road. Sod off. One Fight. day cup, Jim. But also, if we could have that sponsorship money, because we don't... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we kind of waited till the end, because it didn't start well in a hundred kind of fashion, and we found pretty much within a week slash a week and a half, rather with the, the uh, blast, is that we were dead in the water before it even happened. There's not huge amounts that we can really delve into beyond what we've really discussed in in the um the T20 blast where that the team on paper felt like it could have been competitive it turned out we weren't do you know i f- i feel that the first game against kent was the real body blow because having posted 350 and you think okay two teams up against each other that have poor blast campaigns playing each other first game up massive total on the board good pitch to be fair yeah and then Robinson goes and plays an absolute worldie and scores a double hundred and Kent knock it off, let's be honest, comfortably. Mm. That for me, just any kind of positivity that they'd built or, you know, mindset of let's go have a run in this competition was just like a punch to the face. And <laughs> Kent have gone on and qualified, I think, from there. Yeah. And Worcestershire, sadly, the games come thick and fast like they do in the blast. You yeah. haven't got much time to adapt and change things. We ended up going on a run. But we did get a couple of wins and we nearly got off the bottom of the group. Derbyshire. Yeah. Just a, a nothing county with a rubbish ground. All they had to do was win a game. Well, Sorry, lose a game, not win a well game. Well there, Jim Dale. <laughs> oh, nothing we'd have county the... with a rubbish ground. We'd have been... Oh, it's dreadful ground, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't been to Derby. Um, that's the Incora, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It I haven't been there. Is um, it rubbish? Uh, all they had to do was lose a game and uh, we'd have been off the bottom. But So we did get a couple of results. I, th- I agree. I don't think there's much point pouring over it because it's much like the T20, really. The, the kind of same themes and strands. Yeah. So if you want to know how we feel about that, just listen to our <laughs> wrap-up of the, the T20. Is there anything really that we can pull out of the 50-over competition that is kind of worthy of merit? Uh, yes. I do want to ask you a couple of questions about a few players. I think that's the best way we're going to do it. Okay. The obvious debate that's going around social media at the moment is the Ed Pollock scenario. Now, I don't think we can disagree that he hasn't been really valuable to us in certain games. In fact, won us single-handedly, won us a couple of county championship games. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did say about managing expectation, but he was signed as a white ball player. And at, I think probably by his own admission, it hasn't gone entirely to plan for him. He hasn't scored the runs that he'd like to have done. Daz and I have, have said for years about Worcestershire lacking a little bit of intent. Pollock gives you that intent, but sadly, the way you know that things have gone for him, he's a kind of big shot and out. So where do we stand on it and his approach to, to playing the game? What, what do we reckon? Just sort of get your opinion. That's a good question, Pete. I mean, that's a really good question. I like um, Pollock. I think, as you said, I've criticised the lack of intent in the sort of first six overs in the T20s and the, the power plays in the 50 over stuff before. Like you say, Pollock gives us that intent. Now, sometimes it doesn't come off. You have to accept that and say sometimes you're going to be nothing for one, nothing for two if, if you're going to go in with that attitude. But in the days where you've got to score 350 and some teams can, like Kent, chased it down with about five overs to spare, you've got to be looking at getting those huge starts and people like Pollock are the, the ones who are going to get you there. My feelings haven't really changed a huge amount since we signed him. I, my instincts were it was a good signing. There have been the thing is because of the way he plays. There's a couple of things. One is that sometimes he'll just look like a bit of a wally, right? And that's just the way it is. In the same way that you see him in a in a county championship game early doors, just picking one up off leg stump and sending it over uh, fine leg yeah. for six. 
is that sometimes that won't work, but that's how he plays. The tricky bit is that because we've been so bad as a batting unit, it's kind of magnified because no one else has been backing him up at all. Um, and I look, think just before we, you say that, I'd build on that, sorry, is that in that game that, that we won, in that chase against Northamptonshire, he got us off to a really positive start and then Azar Ali and Cornell built on it and we won the game. So his positive intent at the start set us on the right footing. But there have been other games where he's been the first one of a real cluster of wickets and he's the one that gets picked on because he's picked out the only fielder on the mid-wicket boundary. So, yeah, I agree with you about being amplified. Sorry, The chase against Essex, um, which is actually the only game I managed to get to, and Courtnell, by the way, batted absolutely beautifully that day for 97. It's good that he didn't get the ton. But again, Pollock got us off to a good start. It was only what did he get 30-odd. But it got us off to a fast start, and we had, uh, we had the run. We were above the run rate. We had runs in the bank. We could afford to spend the rest of the innings not taking any risks and, and eased home, quite frankly, in that game. He seems to me that, on a sort of technical point, he seems like a player that's really good at picking length, which is why, I mean, he gets he gets caught out and he gets out hitting the ball hard quite often. It's not like he's feathering one to second slip. So he, he he's strong on the leg side because I think he, pick, he, he picks length quickly and, generally speaking, pretty well. And he just backs himself to play the way that he plays. I just I don't think he's particularly strong at playing the moving ball. There are obvious limitations to his game. The skills that he has that make him dangerous, he's kind of backed himself. I think there are times where you see him launch one over mid-wicket for six and then he's slashing at a wide one and then sending it to, to, um, to gully or backward point. You kind of think, well, just roll your wrists. He, he, a few times he's got out looking quite ugly, but actually, statistically, he hasn't been as bad as the team have been and previous openers have been in previous years. And I think there is scope for development if he wants to. I think his game needs to mature and develop a little bit in terms of the, those decision-making. It feels like he loves to hit the ball for six. And that's great because, man, we lacked power last year. But at times, it's okay just to run a two. You know, or okay to just yeah. to, to take that single that's there or just hit it along the ground. <laughs> like you can, you can play a cut shot along the ground if you want. Just ask Jake Libby about that. So... He's perhaps underachieved a little bit, certainly in white ball cricket. I think he's been what we thought he was going to be in red ball cricket. And because there's a lot of pressure on him because of what we don't have, not his fault, that again, it sort of gets magnified. He still to me seems like the player that we signed. I still mm. feel all right about that signing. I hope he's better next year, but then I think they'll all feel that way. If Haynes is having a season and Moeen comes back and starts hitting those ridiculous 70s off 38 balls then Pollock isn't really worrying about whether he gets out for nothing no. because someone else is having a yeah. crack. But, I mean, what do you want him to do? If if he ends up being 13 off, 13 off 10 in the first six overs, he hasn't really done what he was there to no, do. No, that would be a much worse scenario, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, shot selection probably needs to improve. But I'm not particularly worried about Pollock. No, I'm, I think, you know, he's averaging 30 in red ball cricket, which is... Average, you know, you, you'd want mid-30s, wouldn't you? But, I mean, Libby this season is, is having a bit of a stinker with Red Bull and he's averaging 27, so he's outdoing his opening partner. He's got 200s. He's done he, all he right. did better than Daryl Mitchell did last year. Yeah, and I think and it's it, the white ball factor, isn't it? So I, I agree with you. I think there's it's been solid. There have been times where it, it could have been better. Um, he's got stuff to go and work on in the winter, and hopefully we come back and see a rejuvenated Pollock 
take the white ball game and, and be that positive player we, we want him to be. But I still think there's going to be that, you know, if you're going to go out striking at 160, it's going to be a, an all or nothing scenario from time to time. And as fans, we're going to have to, to take that. The concern for me is exactly the point you said earlier. It's the batting unit and the partnerships that go with it. So when he does fail, we've got to rebuild and we've got to make the most of it. So, yeah, uh, that was the one. I've got another one, though. Daz has mentioned him already. Taylor Cornell. Now, I've liked him. Uh, he's fast mm. becoming one of my favourite players in the, in the club, even in one season. That interview that he did, I mean, I, I don't want to say he was adorable, but he looked, <laughs> looked, looked, looked like he was really sort of didn't quite know where to... He looked really kind of nervous. He had a big old grin, yeah. yeah um, it, was, it, was, it was a lovely interview, wasn't it? It was, it with, was. Frank. It was with Frank Watson. That, um, that He seems to be really enjoying his cricket and he seems to be very happy there and he's finding his way in the game, which is great. Yeah. And it, yeah, he seems to be a man who's just working out is uh, working out his style, working out how he can go about the game, uh, working out how he can make a difference. He looked embarrassed when he asked about his uh, 50, where he didn't get a single boundary. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Did it all in singles and twos. Well, I mean, there was the, the pre-season, there was a pre-season game, didn't we? We watched him at the start of this year, and I said, I mean, his, his setup looks really, really neat and tidy. Head still, high elbow, and all the things that you want, all those sort of cliched bits and pieces, simple little kind of little trigger movement, so his setup looks really good, but what was nice was like the lad's got to get down the gym because he could barely hit it off the square. It, it, lovely looking shot straight to a fielder, but didn't have the, just didn't have the power. He's got the ramp though. He's got um, that. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I sort of that's a, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, you know, not hitting it off the square. But you know what I mean? Like he just didn't. It was like all the, all the drives were just slightly checked. They weren't quite. And with confidence, you kind of throw your hands through the ball and, and you, you know you, you look to really hit the ball and I think the the couple of 50s that he got leading up to that 97 has given him the confidence to hit boundaries he found himself a ramp and he's found himself a couple of um, scoring shots because he's not a white ball cricketer and he's trying to fashion himself into one yeah. and we've, we're basically watching him learn in the first team which is A, not bad and B, he's looked pretty good C, we have to kind of caveat that with the bowling attacks he's been facing have been, I mean, pretty ordinary and not to do the guy down, all you can do is play against who you're playing against. And he's actually looked pretty composed and he's built an innings. He's managed to catch up when he's been going, you know, he started pretty slowly in the first instance, didn't he? Um, and kind of got his strike rate to around 100, which is fine. And I think that's the next thing for Cornell, isn't it? At the moment, he's sort of coming in and he's striking 30, 40 and getting up to 80, 90. The next thing for him is to come in and strike at 50, 60 and work his way up to yeah, you're 100 fi- plus. You're finding yourself scoring yeah. shots. You're finding what Alistair Cook is that he developed that sort of slog sweep um, because he wanted to play more 50 over cricket and he was playing 50 over cricket at that point and he, he had to find those scoring shots and those boundary options when people are trying to you know tie him up. Um, so we'll see how he goes. I mean, he, he, he still feels very much like a red ball cricketer to me, yeah. but he, he looks technically really sound. He's been a bit unlucky in red ball as well. Yeah. First, his debut, he got an absolute grubber. That he didn't rolled, get yeah. Oh, yeah, Nothing yeah. he could do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, again, there's some, there's some good young cricketers. Yeah. Um, you feel like there has to be cohesion at the club and there has to be a kind of good, positive energy, and we haven't had it this year for various different reasons, uh, which we've I think we've talked ad nauseum about. Mm. You know, it, it is what it is. So you naturally look to next year, which mm. is why um, I tongue-in-cheek said um, the end-of-season review, even though we've got another month to go or whatever it is. Because, you know, for the second year in a row, unfortunately, mid-August, and we don't got nothing well, to play for, boys. Speaking of tongue-in-cheek, Josh Tongue, he's the last player I want to talk to you about. Yeah, I, we, we had a natter about this, Pete. It really surprised me how young he was. Yep. Because I was like, look, 
when fit, you felt like Leach and Tongue and Paddington were our best bowlers. That's what we talked about at the start of this year, I felt, at least. Um, but the guy couldn't stay fit, and I, I was umming and ahhing about whether to keep him. Up until you said he's only 24. And I was just, what? He's been yeah. around for ages, in which case, keep him. Brilliant. Let's just hope, because he's quick, and he, he can bowl aggressive, and he can break ribs if you need him to. That's and, what I really like about him. I mean, I was just having a... I've just done some Googs. Have you done Googs? Yeah, that's why you're looking over my shoulder. Doing a Googs. Doing a Googs. I can't do a Googs. He's played 39 matches for us first class, taking 138 wickets, uh, an average of 24, at the age of 24. So you get Josh Tung fit, he improves you. I mean, we, we yeah. know this. I can't and, believe he's 20. It's astonishing. And I like the fact that he's aggressive. He just gives you that little bit of extra pace and he can direct it. I took a wicket in the uh, one of the games where... You know, he really got that ball up and around. The batsman was cramped. It was, um, st- and he gloved it up in the air to Cox. He just gives you that nastiness that maybe some of our other bowlers don't. If he's fit, and Leach is fit, and Pennington's fit, and you've got Gibbon and Stanley coming through, all those other guys. So if Waite wants to play, and if Morris wants to play, and if Finch wants to play, you've got to be good. Mm. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. We need an, an a fit and healthy and angry bowling attack. And ideally, I mean, they don't want it anymore, the ECB, but I'd love to have some old school new road wickets where it just nibbles all over the shop. Yeah, absolutely. I want, you know, I want to, I want to go back to the days of bowling teams out for 112. And then get 110 in reply. No, mate, we could, <laughs> uh, maybe like 130. Yeah. Uh, you know, you think so, if, back in the day at New Road where if you got a 30 or 40 run lead, you oh, felt yeah, it was yeah. enough. Yeah, that was enough. Yeah. 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 There'd be three down before they even yeah. thought we'll be, about it. We'll be chasing 40. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My wicket buzzer's gone off. We're just going over to our roving reporter, Pete Desombeck. Uh Yeah, Millie Home is, is out for 37. Worcestershire are 64 for one off 20 overs, so they're still well in control oh, of that one. 36 to, 36 to win. Um, but yeah, great to see Josh Tung back. Those are the players I just wanted to ask you about, really. Anything else you want to add on the 50 over stuff? Or uh, you, uh... Cash, cash is um, made in 100 for the club. Yes, Brilliant. yeah, good point. Um, I liked. I know uh, Dave Hoskins has got those links to Luton and Cash is a Luton boy, and that may have helped in the signing of him because that's been a cracking signing, and I like the little Nathan Jones link yeah, and doing yeah, it in the good. shirt. That sort of stuff. Little video yeah. of him. It was good. I thought that was cool, man. Yeah, it was a good ton. Shame about his thumb injury, wasn't it? Because that, that just uh, checked him at a time where he was yeah. scoring a yeah. lot of runs. I yeah. think he's a great find, is, isn't he? Yeah, but it might have just been enough to make people forget about him a bit, so we can then actually give him another yeah. give him another year <laughs> extension and a bit yeah. more money. Don't leave, don't leave. As I say to my wife most weeks after I've acted like an absolute fool, don't leave, don't leave me, pipes. I can change. I can do Did better. You, does she ever listen? No, no, no she's an intelligent no, no. woman. Uh, did you enjoy your day at New Road, Das? I did. Thank you. Thank yeah. you to um, uh, Pete's mom for the company that day. Uh, oh, it's um, it's her birthday, isn't it? <laughs> Hello, Pete's mum. Happy birthday. Oh, is it a birthday today? It's a birthday. It's Anne's birthday today. Yeah. No, not today. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. It's a partner's happy Mike's birthday. birthday. Okay, today. so we're Mom's recording tomorrow. on Monday, the 29th of August. It's Anne's birthday, and I would wish a happy birthday, but she cheats at quizzes, so oh, that's true. don't um, care. Mike's birthday today, a partner. So his today, mum's tomorrow. Right. right. So oh, happy so... birthday, Sam. You've done that thing, though, where you've got him before me just so you can. Well, you've really had about good. an hour. So, uh, so what we've learned so then is. So, birthday's that... today? Yeah. Oh, you've got a. That's that's awful. That is because you've got to get him a really nice present. Otherwise, he just takes the present he's bought you back the next day. No, he? it's worse for Mike because he will have already bought oh, that's, and the yeah, present. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And he's going to have to hope that she's bought an economically speaking equivalent gift. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Here's, yeah, but he's still got a day, hasn't he? Today to 
Get down the all-night garage yeah, and yeah, yeah. order a multi-box of Twix or something, <laughs> just to top it up. Oh, no. So did you enjoy your day at New Road, anyway? I did, thank you. Yeah, we won. It was yes. one of the games we won. Maybe I'm the lucky charm. Yeah, well, get some time off work and go to more games. All right. Okay, thanks, well, thanks for the advice. That's that sorted. So, gentlemen, to any other business, which I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what any other business well, is. I thought we'd do AOB as a, a proper one, like we're in a meeting where we go around and anyone got anything they want to raise. Uh, I want to get something off my chest. Um, I think yeah, as long we as gonna... it's not your shirt, love. <laughs> um, I think we were going to find out how Daz's cricketing career is getting on and then maybe chat about the old Chiminda vase, which that's coming up, isn't Yeah, it? we've got to do the Chiminda. Talk of the Pete's shirt. What is that? Oh, it's a... a... Music. Like the Nat West logo. It's a music software logo, does it? It's not okay. very exciting. It's very geeky. Yeah, okay. let's, yeah, let's, let's move, move on from that immediately. Yeah. Um, Delete that, Jim. So, I want to have a little stop about my trip to Southampton. Oh, right, okay. Not the so, game. Not the game at all. Uh, you know, that was what it was. Um, I mean, it is a crap ground. Yeah, okay. Well, let's yeah. let's break it down. So, um, I, I opted out. The second half of August, I just opted out. I just put my fingers in my ears, moved on with my life. Um, Daz, you were sort of in and out. Pete, you're not a fairweather, mate. You are in. You're committed. You're. Yeah. I'm going anyway. I don't care. You went to the, is it the Rose Bowl or the Aegeus Bowl? The Concrete Bowl, the bare edge of Southampton. And you went a long old way to watch Worcestershire get a good old Tonkin from Hampshire. The cricket aside, you've got some beef. So let's have it. Well, the first one is I thought in advance £16 to get in. Oh, that's okay. That's pretty standard. Went and bought my ticket on the day. She charged me 21, 21 quid to get in to see what is effectively second-rate sides. That is outrageous. £21, 21. when you're not even seeing the best players for each side available. 21 quid. Um, but 21 quid, not happy about that. Yeah, um, okay. £8.50 for a burger, which was... Ooh, yeah. I'd say if it's a good burger, I'm OK with it. It's well, all about quality. It was made in advance and kept warm, and it has, it was a cheeseburger I had, so all the cheese had gone really stringy. Congealed. It was really greasy, and they'd already put onions on it. Now, I think onions are an optional extra. They have to be available, <laughs> but I don't think you should put them on a standard. Pete, you're a stickler for the rules, and I respect that. I believe that onions are optional. Oh. On a burger... Yes, on a hot dog, if you're not having onions, there's something wrong with you. But, okay, all right, I'm down with that. So, a low-quality burger, poorly kept, dubiously prepared for minimal fuss, but now represents bad value for money. Yep. yep. There was an absolutely miserable dude while I was getting some more food because I couldn't eat that burger, so I went and got a pizza instead, which was quite pleasant, who just kept having a moan at me that we were playing a second-rate Hampshire side because they'd all been playing for the 100 all right, he was a Hampshire fan, so yeah. just to be clear, if we lose to you, it's because like all of our best players are gone and they're playing in the 100, so it's not even fair, and so you shouldn't even and, take this and seriously. And he basically went, yeah, well, we've lost more than you, so I was like, oh, just... How old was this person? I would put him at retirement age. I mean, he's, really he's got, red face. I mean, based on the energy crisis that we're about to face, he's got much more pressing concerns. <laughs> uh, but the main one was self-serve beer. So, so this okay. was a thing. I mean, that sounds ace. Put me in charge of pouring my own beer. Come on. Self-serve beer when you're left in the pub. Like a lock-in. and A lock-in. A, a lock-in and a staff sounds falling great. asleep. Self-serve beer at the Rose Bowl. I'm not sure I'm going to like the sound of it. It's It was a slight slight redeeming feature. It was £6 a pint, and when you're not paying ah. someone to pour it for you, that feels a little bit like a con. But it was all right, actually. You pick how many pints you want. You've got choice of an ale or lager. And then you pay, and then the machine starts, and you've got a set amount of time to pour all your pints. But it is generous, so you can pour about a pint and a quarter, pint and a half if you're clever. Um, so if I go in future, I'll be taking multiple things with no, me. No, man, filling just, them yeah, up. just a bucket. Or you have to uh, fill, gulp, fill, gulp until the time runs out. Can you just oh, stick your head under down the with a... tap? 
Well, you can do that. There is a well, guy on hand keeping an eye on things. So basically, they're getting rid of people's jobs by yeah. not having bar staff, and they're charging you extra for the privilege whilst yeah. having that element of uh, like a really low-budget crystal maze automatic <laughs> lock-in yeah. filling system. But I think that's a good enough reason for us to go next year and see how much <laughs> beer we can get in our allotted time. Because I reckon me and Dazzler, oh, yeah. we, we can drink. So I reckon under the nozzle, please. Just stick straight your, under the st- nozzle. Straight under the nozzle. Let's go. I yeah. might open up this gas I've got on me. I'll just go straight, get it straight into the bloodstream. Not even bother with the intravenous beer drinking <laughs> is a new low for this podcast, and we've had some lows. The Pete, fo- anything else you want to complain oh, no, about? The only other thing was seeing the ground completely badged up as Southern Brave. That was a bit weird. It's all green and white. Southern Brave everywhere. That took some getting used to. And I think if you're a local and you and you're not keen on the hundred and you go and watch Hampshire play at home and that's all you can see everywhere, that must be a bit of a kick in the teeth. But oh, it's perfect, isn't it? You take your kids to watch county cricket. Mum, what's Southern Brave? Dad, what's Southern Brave? Oh, it's his hundred competition. Oh, we'll go to that then. Brilliant. Okay, good. So yeah, that was that was it. It was an interesting trip, and uh, not much happened. The the most exciting thing from Worcestershire perspective was an apocalyptic gust of wind that blew the uh, sight screen over. That was about the best highlight of oh, the that day. That sounds fun. Yeah. Because there were, we were twenty-four for five. I think with five batsmen caught at first slip. I've never seen so many chances edge behind. It was. That's well, because I couldn't see the ball because the sky screen was on the floor. Ridiculous. Right. I mean, this podcast has mainly just been like a slurry pipe of complaints, hasn't it? From Pete. I mean, well, Pete and me. This, I is, think this isn't. A, this is a Pete cast this month. The Pete cast. The Pete cast. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, Pete's the only one that's been prepared, had anything meaningful to say. Well, I'll still give a bunk his chuff, really. <laughs> What? Or still gives a monkey's chuff. So, a monkey's chuff? I don't, I don't well, actually know what that least, means. At least we've got our title for the podcast this A month. monkey's chuff. I don't know. I don't even know if that's rude, but I feel like it should, should be. Should be, shouldn't it? I was anyway. going to uh, <laughs> say a swear word, and then I, you told me off last month. So. Yeah, I can't be bothered to edit that out. Right, okay. So which one are we doing next? Are we doing Chimindavas, or are we doing Daryl's cricketing career? Um, we'll do the Chimindavas first. Actually, I'm going to say something positive. I'm going to have a crack at positive quickly, right? Um, I thought Thanos' interview on the BBC Wireless was very good, which was really reassuring. It was with Dan Wheeler, who's a proper journalist off of the BBC. Also works the club, but that's cool. And I thought he asked some pertinent questions and some tricky questions, yep. and we don't hear enough of that. And, you know, and we talk about availability to people who don't go to the ground. By all accounts, you can see, you go around the ground, you see Dave Hoskins knocking about and Helen's there, and you can see Thanos, and that's cool because we've seen him, but you've kind of got to be there which yep. is tricky when there isn't any cricket on when we can go. Uh, but that's by the by. So that sort of thing, literally it was three days before on the pod, we were kind of complaining, Look, participate beyond the boundary rope because there's a whole bunch of people that need to be communicated with. And I thought the interview was, the question was legit. I thought you answered it favourably and honestly. Yeah. So, like, you know, stuff that we've, we kind of go, we wish there was more of that. We've seen more of that in the past month, and I think that's cool and groovy. And there's one one more thing. Um, I'm going to have to apologise to Jack because I can't get onto our Twitter feed at the moment, and I, I've forgotten who mentioned it to us. But thank you to someone on Twitter who got in touch to remind us of a mascot we failed to talk about in the last episode. Rory Royal used to be our mascot. He was a big lion. <laughs> Rory Royal? <laughs> Never heard of him. He was in the Clydesdale Bank 40 when that was a thing. Um, we used to have Rory Royal. No, we won that, the one you didn't we? When was that? What year are we talking here? I, I've, it's got to be mid two thousands. If it's the 40 yeah, it's about ten years ago, I'd say he was. Uh, 
Oh, right, cows. I was knocking about London Town then, wasn't I? So Rory Royal is a mascot we completely yeah, forgot might, about. It might have been the mascot when we won it. I still prefer Peter Pear. I think that's still the, yeah, the ending, Royal. but thank you for them for, for reminding us of that. OK, cool. Right, so uh, Chaminda Vars. So the Chaminda Vars, for those of you who are new to the pod, um, we do a player of the season, essentially, and um, we've called it the Chaminda Vars because Chaminda Vars used to play for us and we think it's funny. That's it, basically. <laughs> we just think it's funny. So that's what we do. It's going to be a tricky one to figure out. So we'll do that in September's pod when we kind of we wrap up the season. But it's, we just thought we could we could round table this for a little bit. Yeah. Our runners and riders. Because ultimately, between the three of us, we're going to have to come to some sort of consensus. And listeners are welcome to chime in and we will listen to and pay heed to what they think. Well, we will. Daz won't. No, Daz won't. Daz, Daz will point. have an opinion and that will be final. But yeah. we'll... And it will be correct. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so the inaugural winner was Jake Libby because he was just a monster last year like he was the year before. It's fair to say he's probably not in the running this time round. So, Pete, who do you reckon? I mean, have you got a couple of names? Who, who have you got that's in the running for you? I have. I've got a curveball. I'll come, come to them second because I don't think we can genuinely give it them. But the first one in the mix for me is Jack Haynes. Um... Difficult to justify because he's missed a bit with injury. But secondly, second highest amount of runs scored, 714, three centuries on the spin. Uh, really good good form, played some really good T20 knocks. Be interested to see what happens for us when he comes back from the uh, Oval Invincibles. Um, but Haynes has got to be in the mix, I think, because he was one of the better performers in, in, in those competitions. Um, I strongly agree. What we hoped for, we saw a little bit of Jack Haynes and we thought there's real potential there and we liked his mentality. We liked, you know, there's really everything about it that the setup was solid, temperament good, score, put Worcestershire on score of 50. That's what we said about him last year. We said, right, let's see him kick on. And he has three centuries yeah. back to back. He looks the business. His, his white ball form this year was a bit up and down, but we saw glimpses of it, particularly early on that this lad looks like he can do everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he's right up there. Um, my curveball, and I, I don't think it's going to be an option because we don't include second 11, but Cassie Valley, because he scored about 1,000 runs this year, including 100 after 100 and double 100 in the seconds, and then came into the first team, scored 50, scored 100. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you can count him. Because, no, you can't. No, but, he's not played anywhere near enough cricket. But, but in a season where the team has not been a great pick... He has been the He's, shining light. He has been. He has he, been. The player he has been a highlight. Does what about you, mate? Oh, but on that basis, I'm going for Rory Royal. <laughs> Shut your face, right? <laughs> what what are we saying then, does? Or do you want some time to mull it over? Yeah, go on. You go first. Okay. Well, I've got someone who I think for me is the standout. I think there's been a few performances. I think we've seen we've seen from um, Leach what we always get from Leach, and that's just quality, just consistent quality. I think the first. Um, year of captaincy in, in Red Bull cricket. I've really enjoyed Brett, what Brett Delavere has done. But I think, for me, Ed Barnard's been our player of the season. For me, he stands out because, uh, what are we saying? 780 runs, averaging 65, highest score of 163, 300s, 450s. And it's actually, he has scored runs no matter what. So when we've been 50 for five, he's found 50, 60, 70 runs. When it's been a bit of a flat track, He's got a big hundred. Two, has he got two ton fifties this year? Yeah, and I think the context in some of those runs as well, where he batted for long periods to get us a draw, have been really important. So it's hard to argue with you, but I think that you're going to face resistance from Daz and I for one reason that I think Daz is about to say. Well, 
he's going up the bloody road. <laughs> so you might yeah. face no, difficulty I know. getting it across the line. I'm, look, I, yeah, I hear that, and I, I'm all right with that. But for my money, he's he's played for Worcestershire for a long time. I felt like he's, I mean, since he was a kid, I feel like he has been the most valuable player to us. He's chipped in with important wickets. He's actually batted pretty well in the in the fifty over stuff. He he was okay in the T20, not great. I've always felt like he's he's come up a little bit short in that. Yeah. I don't know whether it's just not his format, but I feel like his talent needs to shine a little bit more in the short form of the game. But I thought the 50 over stuff, he was pretty decent, both with bat and with ball, consistent. And the county championship stuff, I just think he, he scored every type of run in every type of innings. And there's been the, there's been the runner ball stuff, there's been the, the dogged, determined, bat it out stuff. There's been that make it count on a flat deck, and there's been I'll get you out of trouble when we're fifty for five. You know, I, I think all of that can be said about Donavera as well this season. Yeah, well, I'm, there's not much in him in the in the uh, standings for the county championship. They've both played fourteen games. Um, Donavera averages sixty five point eight nine to Barnard's sixty five. There you go. Um, Dolly- high score one hundred and sixty nine to one hundred and sixty three. And Dolivera scored three hundreds, one fifty. So the difference really is that Dolivera has been not out five times, and he's not going up the road. And there, well, there is that as well. <laughs> Dolivera's do- doing that as the new captain as well. Yeah, uh, I think he's mm-hmm. done a great job. With... So well, three, you know, we, three we called champs. it. We called it, didn't we? we, we, we that, that I was probably going to go Barnard, and that Pete was probably going to go Haynes, and that you were probably going to go Dolly. Yeah. And I think they're all pretty credible. So we wait and see what happens in the last few games, and we'll. Let's, that'll, um, that'll be the decisive factor. Just have a, a shout out of this. It's not not going to win it, but for our boy who we sponsored, Mr. Roderick. Mm. He's had a good year. I think he's had a good year. He's dug in really well. He didn't have a great start with us last year. But he's, he's averaging, I think, well over 40 in, in the county championship. He's a couple of big knocks in the one-day stuff, uh, that win against Essex in particular, and he's deputised for Cox um, when he was off. Very, very nicely. Well, do you know what we saw? The back end of last season, the start of the year last year was awful for him. There was lots going on in, in, in the in the world at that point, and it just was very difficult for him to settle. We saw in the 50-over stuff last year, very unselfish innings, and lots of really handy 40-somethings. Then those useful, gritty knocks at the back end of the county championship. This year's been really valuable, because when Ben Cox was struggling yeah. um, and needed to take time away, actually kind of the improved responsibility seemed to suit him. Um, and he's batted, he's batted everywhere apart from opening. He's batted three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. even eight, I think, at one point. Um, he's proved to be a really valuable squad player. Can I just also say, we can't, also, uh, we can't rule out the possibility of giving our player of the season to somebody like Boycott. Macy put a Worcestershire shirt on, scored a 50. That's a good shout, Campbell. But we're still taking bucket loads of wickets. Man, that's... Got to be in the running. I, do you know what? You're absolutely right. Because we've just said that the men's team have let us down, but the women's team haven't. Well, they could be on for the Chimindavas. I mean, that side's been so good. That's going to be tough to pick, isn't it? That's going to be tough to pick. We might have to have two trophies. What a team. What a team, yeah. Hey, I'm down with having two trophies. So let's think this through. We need a new trophy name. What's the next AOB for next week? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, fair point. That's a fair point, because let's face it, the, the women's rapids have given us an awful lot more joy this year than the men have, and that's all right. Okay, well, that's that's something to bear in mind. Have they won yet, by the way, Pete? What's, what's, the, what's the update? Hold on, let me just do a, a, a refresh. Uh, 96 on. for one. Oh, they need four, four to, to win. win. Off, 40, off 40, 23 overs. I reckon the, they might just scrape home. What's the rate required? 
We don't need maths. Let's not do right. maths. No, but let's do maths because let's talk about Daz's cricketing career because he must be on the cusp of an England call-up by now. Daryl Butler, you're a cricketer. Of sorts. Come so, on. You were a stranded cricketer at the start of the episode, so let's yeah. redeem yourself. Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. So what was your... Um, uh, you had a little bet, didn't you, at the start of the... We had a... No, we had well, a... it's not the season, about how many runs I'd get this season. We did have a bet, didn't we? Yeah, I think, Jim, you said about 40-odd, 40-50 runs. Well, I, went quite, I felt I went quite high, and then you both expectation managed me, and I, I think I fell back down to about 44 or something. Yeah. What did you say, Pete? I said uh, 60, I think, yeah. this season. I'm sensing from the massive grin on your face <laughs> that this is this is only going one way. Three figures. So Daryl Butler, you are a centurion of sorts. Over a season. Over a season. <laughs> now, objectively speaking, hey, scoring, first full season playing cricket, so I'm happy with that. Objectively speaking, scoring a hundred runs in an entire season is not it's not a large amount of runs. But from where we were at the start of this year and how you felt about your game and what you thought would happen, because you were basically just managing us the whole time, right, and saying, look, I'm probably going to be rubbish. You've done pretty well, right? Yeah, I'm really happy with it. Particularly the last uh, five or six innings, I've always got into those teens. I've I've completely and utterly obliterated the uh, duck award I won for unicorns last year, so I won't be winning that again this year. (laughs) (laughs) So my uh, my four ducks last season has been reduced to two over the season for this year. So uh, yeah, I felt really good, felt really comfortable. It's all progress, and the keeping's going really well. I'm really comfortable keeping. I'm feeling really happy about that. So I feel like I'm properly contributing. Highlight of the season for you? Uh, a great stumping off the fast bowler a couple of weeks ago. Okay, shot of the year? Uh, a, a short forward defensive. Edge <laughs> <laughs> over the keeper for four. No, short, long, on my mean, legs. I'm not very good on the open. Better through the offside, and I absolutely creamed it over mid-wicket. For, it fell just short of the boundary. So uh, it was annoying it wasn't my first six, but just a yeah. couple of bounces and over the rope. Felt nice. Felt good. Um, Dad, I think it's ace, man. So you are the only cricketer on this pod, because Pete refuses to play. Yeah. I played once, or was it twice, and was unquestionably rubbish. You've outscored me comfortably, and we had a little bit of a side joke, like, who's going to score more runs, me and my one innings, innings, or you all season? (laughs) And it's you, by a country mile, so good on you, lad. Just a little shout-out as well, we've got a new Unicorns player who played uh, the first game for us last Sunday, Uh, Andy Holmes, who is a Worcestershire supporter, so I'm no longer alone in in the Unicorns team, so hello to Andy, who who listens to the pod as well. Superb! That's what we like, slowly but surely, this podcast is just casting uh, uh, its uh, evil web. So we now know we've got three listeners, (laughs) Mike and Andy. (laughs) And Andy's uh, not far from overtaking me, very good good bat, so looking forward to to playing with Andy next season. Andy, good on you, welcome aboard, part of the Honour Pair family. So we've got Andy, who's a proper cricketer, Daz, who's a proper cricketer, Rodders, he's part of the family now. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to be, but we sponsored him, so he <laughs> can't escape. Um, we're going to start calling him Gareth Roderick, sponsored by... Oh, on a pair, Roderick. We're going to have to start calling um, him. On a pair's Gareth Roderick. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, for the next pod in September, we'll figure out who the Chamindavas winner will be for both teams. We need a, 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 new, ne- a new trophy for the women's 
Yeah, we'll figure that out. Or if you've got any suggestions, fire them our way. And we may or may not have Gareth Roderick um, bound and gagged and, uh, and stuck in front of a microphone for our final episode. He won't talk to us. He's got better sense than that. Anyway, this is the longest podcast in the history of the world. And I think it's time we called it quits. Thank you for your patience and tolerance in this difficult time for everyone. Peace. Yeah.